Welcome to A Journey Through the Message. My name is Robert. And my name is Heidi. And we are so glad to have you along on this ride through the Bible. It's been a bumpy one lately. It's been bumpy. It's been wavy. It's been stormy. It's crazy stuff happening. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the gospel is exploding. And we're just in the first month or so of this reading, but the gospel is exploding right now. And we find so many parallels to some of that as what we feel is going on right now in life. I absolutely agree. And man, I'm also loving that through this journey, I'm loving how it's tying in. It's constantly circling back to to the Old Testament and just showing that this was promised, this was prophesied, this was talked about. And still, they didn't see it right in front of you everything you talked about and prayed over some of them almost every single day when it happened right over their heads yeah don't even know that they're looking Had at no the face idea. of god yeah <laughs> oh, but at the same time it convicts me because i don't want to miss seeing the face of god i hear you you know yes i totally so hear you. it's easy to judge but they were considered religious people they were. This has been really good for me just to see and be reminded too that God uses the most unlikely of characters in the Bible. Yeah. And he does so a lot of times on purpose. He is purposefully not using a firstborn, purposefully using a woman, purposefully using just people that we would never... Even crippled. Even crippled people. Mm -hmm. or, yeah. Uh, all to get his message across that his love is for everybody. He's he's not concerned with uh, how many times you went to church on Sunday. He's not concerned with all of these other rules and regulations right. and all this stuff. He's concerned with your heart. It's a heart issue. Yeah, and it's not a Jews-only club anymore. No, no. It, the door has been flung wide open, but you see the preparation for that back in the Old Testament. And something that I'm enjoying is as I'm learning the Old Testament better, some of the verses that I used to just feel myself get on edge over because I thought it was such a horrible law as mm. a woman to deal with. Sure. Until I got educated and I found out that this law was done to protect a woman. They had no protections prior to it. Anything and everything happened to them. Their value would be gone, and, and God this was gave God. It back. Yeah, this was God shaking things up, saying, "Yes, uh, th I know this is the way you used to do it, but that's not how you're going to treat my daughter anymore. No, that's not how you're going to treat people in general, your neighbor anymore. It's no more tit for tat, no. eye for an eye. Mm -mm. No, you know, we got to move past that. We got to show people we are different." Yes, by your walk, yeah, not by your talk. And I think sometimes we Christians can forget that. Yeah, Our walk needs to show it. So I'm going to say a prayer over our reading, and we will get started in Matthew. So Father God, thanks so much for being here today. Where two or more are gathered, you have promised you are there also. So we know without a shadow of a doubt, you are right here with us. You are speaking through us, and all our prayer is is that these words not only impact our lives, but also impact someone's life who's listening right now. So just bless everyone that's taking the time out of their day to 
listen to your word and just hear your word spoken in just a little different way. And I ask this all in your holy name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And we're going to switch things up a little bit here. I'm going to be starting out in Matthew today. Couldn't let Heidi go first all the time. You just want to read the sounds because, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, if people were taking bets on whether or not you were going to cry in Psalms, I had to I had to put a kibosh to that. We that can't have any betting, no betting. on it's the Bible cr- stuff. Christian. I mean, absolutely not. <laughs> so here, okay. we, here we go. Matthew 9. A little later, John's followers approached, asking, Why is it that we and the Pharisees rigorously discipline body and spirit by fasting, but your followers don't? Jesus told them, When you're celebrating a wedding, you don't skimp on the cake and wine. You feast. Later, you may need to exercise moderation, but not now. No one throws cold water on a friendly bonfire. This is kingdom come. So that means I can have all the cake I want and, at a wedding and eat and it the too. open bar. And eat it too, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Enjoy. Yes. Me and God throw some great parties. <laughs> he went on. No one cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match. And you don't put your wine in cracked bottles. As he finished saying this, a local official appeared, bowed politely, and said, My daughter has just now died. If you come and touch her, she will live. Mm. Jesus got up and went with him, his disciples following along. Just then, a woman who had hemorrhaged for 12 years slipped in from behind and lightly touched his robe. She was thinking to herself, If I can just put a finger on his robe, I'll get well. Jesus turned and caught her at it. Then he reassured her, Courage, daughter, you took a risk of faith, and now you are well. The woman was well from then on. By now they had arrived at the house of the town official and pushed their way through the gossips looking for a story and the neighbors bringing in their castles. (laughs) Jesus was abrupt, clear out. This girl isn't dead. She's sleeping. They told him he didn't know what he was talking about. But when Jesus had gotten rid of the crowd, he went in, took the girl's hand, and pulled her to her feet, alive. The news was soon out and traveled throughout the region. Mm. I love a lot of aspects of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, One is that, man, this lady that came and touched Jesus had so much faith and took such a risk. Absolutely. Because she was just banished outside of the city not allowed to be a part of her community for 12 years over something that was completely out of her control likely felt she had absolutely nothing to lose or she had all the faith in the world i think she had all the the faith. faith in the world yeah and she wasn't afraid of what that might require yeah it dawned on me about the father mm-hmm. um, whose daughter had died in the fact that he had so much faith in this Jesus that he left a daughter that had just died. The family that's there grieving. And get Jesus. He up and left. I, I could just imagine if I lost my child, you couldn't pry me away from that bedside. Yeah. But if you knew that Jesus, who had raised people from the dead, yes. was two towns over, you would probably try and get there to he him. He can do that for my daughter, too. Right. And I love that it's women. Again, Beautiful. I'm just going to point out, yep. 
God loves women. So now Heidi's going to be reading out of Acts and starting chapter 13, verse 26. All right. Dear brothers and sisters, children of Abraham and friends of God, this message of salvation has been precisely targeted to you. The citizens and rulers in Jerusalem didn't recognize who he was and condemned him to death. They couldn't find a good reason, but demanded that Pilate execute him anyway. They did just what the prophet said they would do, but had no idea they were following to the letter the script of the prophets, even though those same prophets are read every Sabbath in their meeting places. <laughs> After they had done everything the prophets said they would do, they took him down from the cross and buried him. And then God raised him from the dead. There is no disputing that. He appeared over and over again many times in places to those who had known him well in the Galilean years. And these same people continue to give witness that he is alive. And we're here today bringing you good news, the message that what God promised the fathers has come true for the children, for us. He raised Jesus exactly as described in the second Psalm. My son, my very own son, today I celebrate you. I keep stopping at just those mm. few words, my son, my very own son, today I celebrate you. Jesus' death on the cross accomplished something like beyond comprehension, and that is it made us children of God brothers and sisters of Christ, sons and daughters of God. Yes. So insert your name into that, and that's how God speaks over you. He celebrates you. Oh, the joy that he feels is a father's most tender, precious, excited love over their child. He celebrates you too, so don't forget to read your name in there. Thank you, Jesus. When he raised him from the dead, he did it for good. No going back to that rotten decay for him. That's why Isaiah said, I'll give to all of you David's guaranteed blessings. So also the psalmist's prayer, you'll never let your Holy One see death's rot and decay. David, of course, having completed the work God set out for him, has been in the grave, dust and ashes, a long time now. But the one God raised up, No dust and ashes for him. I want you to know, my very dear friends, that it is on account of this resurrected Jesus that the forgiveness of your sins can be promised. He accomplishes in those who believe everything that the law of Moses could never make good on. But everyone who believes in this raised up Jesus is declared good and right and whole before God. I'm loving this so, so much. I can't even tell. I'm I'm just feeling excited when I read this. Yes. I'm just filled with because it's like, this is me he's talking to. Don't take this lightly. You don't want the prophet's revelation to describe you. Watch out, cynics. Look hard. Watch your world fall to pieces. I'm doing something right before your eyes that you won't believe, though it's staring you in the face. I can't even imagine. I don't. Missing what's Mm. right there. When the service was over, Paul and Barnabas were invited back to preach it again the next Sabbath. As the meeting broke up, a good many Jews and converts to Judaism went along with Paul and Barnabas. 
who urged them in long conversations to stick with what they'd started, this living in and by God's grace. That's such a good reminder there that when you've shared Jesus with somebody, yes. don't just leave them. You need to continue with them. Correct. It's part of your, yes. Yeah, so it's just... I was going to say responsibility, but it's not even that. It's more... It's a command. It's just a... You, yeah. You need to stay with them and walk with them. Just like you need to tell them. Like what I shared with you, I'll be real quick. Mm. Coming from an atheist saying, if this is so true, and this is eternity, and this is eternal life, and there's one way to get it, and you know the answer, mm. how much do you hate somebody to not tell them? And I can't tell you how that has stuck with me. It like, was a it pen, horrified me. pen from Penn and Teller. Yes. And he's a professed atheist, but there's this video of him saying, I respect people who evangelize. Yes. He said, because how much do you hate someone to not evangelize? If if what you believe is true. Right. If what you if all this stuff about Jesus and eternal life and all of this is true, then how could you not tell someone? And this is coming from an atheist. It was profound. It if was, you can find it, or maybe we could put a link sometime. I'll see to if it. I can. Just, uh, I was so challenged by it. Which is why I wanted to stop and mention it sure. because the conviction of that. And now I have these words saying you need to not just tell them, you continue with them. Yeah. When the next Sabbath came around, practically the whole city showed up to hear the word of God. Some of the Jews seeing the crowds went wild with jealousy and tore into Paul, contradicting everything he was saying, making an ugly scene. But Paul and Barnabas didn't back down. Standing their ground, they said, it was required that God's word be spoken, first of all to you, the Jews. But seeing that you want no part of it, you've made it quite clear that you have no taste or inclination for eternal life. The door is open to all the outsiders, and we're on our way through it, following orders, doing what God commanded when he said, I've set you up as light to all nations. You'll proclaim salvation to the four winds and the seven seas. When the non-Jewish outsiders heard this, they could hardly believe their good fortune. All who were marked out for real life put their trust in God. They honored God's word by receiving that life, and this message of salvation spread like wildfire all through the region." Some of the Jews convinced the most respected women and leading men of the town that their precious way of life was about to be destroyed. Alarmed, they turned on Paul and Barnabas and forced them to leave. Paul and Barnabas simply shrugged their shoulders and went on to the next town, Iconium, brimming with joy in the Holy Spirit. Two happy disciples. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Great picture. Skipping along, happy as can be. Happy as can be because they're full of the Holy Spirit. Uh, they're doing some great stuff. They didn't take it as defeat when no. somebody didn't hear. They're no. like, okay, we're moving on because right. there's so many others to tell. That's right. Oh, my favorite part's coming up. Favorite part of the segment. <laughs> That's right. Everybody loves it when we rewind back to the Old Testament. I know you get to read my favorite sounds. I do. And I even have a little thing that I'm going to read in addition to. Oh, bonus. That's right. A little bonus section. So this will be Psalm 22, verses 1 through 11. God, God, my God, 
Why did you dump me miles from nowhere? Doubled up with pain, I call to God all the day long. No answer. Nothing. I keep at it all night, tossing and turning. And you? Are you indifferent above it all? Leaning back on the cushions of Israel's praise? We know you were there for our parents. They cried for your help and you gave it. They trusted and lived a good life. And here I am, a nothing, an earthworm, something to step on, to squash. Everyone pokes fun at me. They make faces at me. They shake their heads. Let's see how God handles this one. Since God likes him so much, let him help him. And to think you were midwife at my birth, setting me at my mother's breast. When I left the womb, you cradled me. Since the moment of my birth, you've been my God. Then you moved far away, and trouble moved in next door. I need a neighbor. The profound depression and loneliness in that is almost heartbreaking. Mm. It's a powerful 11 verses. Just, Mm. yeah. It just, it leaves me just kind of sitting quietly in these thoughts because it's like you can feel his just despair and, ugh. There there is a wide array of emotions listed in the Bible. And if you feel like this Bible may not have something that you've gone through, I can assure you this Bible covers it. There are people that have been lonely, depressed, anxious, doubted God, betrayed him, killed people, killed people, rape, murder, just everything. Yeah, the things we call the worst of the worst. And God is still able to work in that. And that is the comforting thing, especially when, Mm. when you think about just what we deserve individually. Yeah, uh, I know. Just to know that we have a God that says, I understand you may deserve that, but this is what I'm doing for you. Yeah. Oh, that was that was powerful to, to listen mm. to it instead of reading this time. I was a little bit like, oh, those are my sounds. We had, but... uh, we had a little bit of a sound issue on uh, the first <laughs> time through on this. So The, the first Well, time? so we've done this now a few times, but uh, <laughs> we love you guys and we're we love the Bible. We're committed to doing this. And so we're getting it right. So, so. now Heidi is going to end us today in Genesis chapter 48. All right. Let's see what happens with some of my favorite Old Testament families. Sometime after this conversation, Joseph was told, Your father is ill. He took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and went to Jacob. When Jacob was told, Your son Joseph has come, he roused himself and sat up in bed. Jacob said to Joseph, The strong God appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. He said, I'm going to make you prosperous and numerous turn you into a congregation of tribes, and I'll turn this land over to your children coming after you as a permanent inheritance. I'm adopting your two sons who were born to you here in Egypt before I joined you. They have equal status with Reuben and Simeon, 
but any children born after them are yours. They, I don't know why that's just funny to me, but I'm taking those two. <laughs> Anything else, that's on your dime. Yeah, that's right. But it was a beautiful and powerful thing that he did because it gave them a share of the inheritance with equal status. And, that's not and what done. Were, and what were they? They were? They were not Jewish. They were Gentiles. They were Egyptian. So he brought them into the family saying, you are equal now. Yeah, yeah, God is building his family from the nations of the world. But any children born after them are yours. They will come after their brothers in matters of inheritance. I want it this way because as I was returning from Padden, your mother Rachel, to my deep sorrow, died as we were on our way through Canaan. When we were only a short distance from Ephrath, now called Bethlehem. Just then, Jacob noticed Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? Joseph told his father, They are my sons whom God gave to me in this place. Bring them to me, he said, so I can bless them. Israel's eyesight was poor from old age. He was nearly blind. So Joseph brought them up close. Old Israel kissed and embraced them and then said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again. And now God has let me see your children as well. You can just picture this mm. scene. Oh, Joseph took them from Israel's knees and bowed respectfully his face to the ground. Then Joseph took the two boys, Ephraim with his right hand, setting him to Israel's left, and Manasseh with his left hand, setting him to Israel's right, and stood them before him. But Israel crossed his arms and put his right hand on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh, the firstborn. Then he blessed them. The God before whom walked my fathers Abraham and Isaac, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this very day, the angel who delivered me from every evil, bless the boys. May my name be echoed in their lives in the names of Abraham and Isaac, my fathers, and may they grow covering the earth with their children. When Joseph saw that his father had placed his right hand on Ephraim's head, he thought he had made a mistake. So he took hold of his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's, saying, That's the wrong head, father. The other one is the firstborn. Place your right hand on his head. But his father wouldn't do it. He said, I know, my son, but I know what I'm doing. He also will develop into a people and he also will be great. But his younger brother will be even greater and mm. his descendants will enrich nations. Then he blessed them both. Israel will use your names to give blessings. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. In that, he made it explicit. He put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Israel then said to Joseph, I'm about to die. God be with you and give you safe passage back to the land of your fathers. As for me, I'm presenting you as the first among your brothers, the ridge of land I took from Amorites with my sword and bow. And that is the end of chapter 48. Ooh. Another yes. interesting chapter in, mm -hmm. I love how, again, God is using the younger child. It's not the... He shook things up. He did shake again, things up. Again, yep. the crossing of the arms. 
he did the unexpected. It's just such a reminder, don't get settled in traditions and old ways and see that as the only way because God doesn't work like that. God is way too big to be put in any box oh, that our man. human minds try to put him into. I know, and we always do. Because we, do. we want to understand and he's beyond our comprehension. So it's just, it's faith and it's trust. It is. What a great day today in the Bible. We hope that you were as blessed as much as we mm. were by this. I enjoyed reading the Psalms through today. I think I might do Psalms tomorrow and finish out I, uh, oh, chapter finish 22. That chapter. There okay. was something about you reading that one. I don't know what it was, but it, it struck me. And mm. I found myself just absolutely drawn to the words coming from you. So I feel very strongly I was actually going to ask if you would continue with our I next reading to. to finish that. See I how think. we share so nicely? <laughs> Wait till we're off. My, no, just kidding. This is how we always are. So, Well, friends, thanks again for joining along with us in this journey through the message. We're so happy that you're along with us. And we look forward to seeing you next time. We'll see you next time. Have a good day.